This is episode 67 with the beautifully balanced Marilyn Dollar. Welcome to Bigger Than The Hustle podcast. My name is Bhavik Patel and each week I bring you a super interesting conversation with an inspiring entrepreneur on how they live their life outside their business and what inspires them to live life big. Thank you for taking time to spend with me today and it's time to let the positivity flow. Marilyn is a certified high performance coach and a radiant certified holistic business coach. She's developed a unique system that can help you get to your next promotion, ask for a raise and overcome imposter syndrome once you get it. She can help you find the balance to get noticed at work while finding time for yourself and running a household. She will share the roadmap that helped her create a life of independence, wealth and love. In our conversation, we discuss connections, influences and feeling sidelined. Don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe and share this podcast with those close to you to show you care. Now for the one and only Marilyn Dollar. So I, gosh, I feel like I wear so many hats. I just Currently, I have a nine to five gig that I work uh, with a candy company that I love. It's like working for Willy Wonka and all the magic that goes into that. And then my side hustle is a woman's coach. So I help women get noticed and promoted at work. That's How do we go with that? Yeah. Now, when you say um, noticed and promoted at work, in what ways do you think it's not happening for the clients that come to you? And in what ways do you work with them to to change that? Mm, It's a great question. For women specifically, we have a really hard time talking about our accomplishments. We just think people see what we do and will give us money for doing that. And so what I help my clients do is find, it's kind of a fact-finding mission. So we go through the day and we look for achievements, right? And so when I can turn it into becoming the scientist of your life and looking for positive feedback, looking for achievements that you've done, looking for uh, things that other people might notice but might not say anything about and it makes it so much easier for them hmm. and where do you think that comes from so what i mean by that is that with the women you work with obviously it's got to this point where they've come to you and said this is how i you know i would like to move forward but you know be noticed more or, or, or understand how i can raise elevate my profile whichever way that is why does it get to that point where it's not as you train you know as you, when you coach they come out the other side and they are they're feeling in a better space in that way where do the layers of um, confusion maybe or the layers of anonymity come into it that they start becoming not sidelined where they may sideline themselves or, or may not shine their light so bright mm, so the pain Mm. <laughs> the pain comes from, uh, well, I'll tell you about my own journey. When I yeah. started this journey five years ago, I had been in the same job, if you will, for five years. And I kept, I wanted more. I wanted more 
purpose. I wanted more passion. I wanted to own something. I wanted to have a, a target so that I could over deliver and feel this, this uh, symbiotic relationship of I'm going to give you my best and I want to see you reward me for that. But what I was finding was my boss would say, you just go do that project, but I'm not putting you. I like you just where you are. I like the job you do for me. And I'll give you the freedom within the framework of doing what you do, but I'm not letting you go. So that's one way that women come to me, that they feel stuck and stagnant in their position. And they're not doing a bad job. They they just either have a, a boss or a situation that keeps them stuck or they haven't figured out yet how to leverage their skill sets and their talents and talk about that in a way that can leverage them out into something bigger and better. Mm, okay, fine. Now, you know, you we talked before we came on air about the many hats that we wear, right? So you, you mentioned that you are a mom and you are continuously are a mom. Now, when you're out of the, the, the coaching role and when you're out of your professional role within the, the um, sweet and, and, and candy um, organization, what skills do you think you have as a mom that you can handle the raising of the children as well as coaching, as well as your professional hat? Because I know that can be a, a, a big struggle for a lot of people. How do you manage your time? Uh, I mean, you know, I have 24 hours in the day, just like everybody else. Um, but I, I like the early morning, I like getting up before everybody else or getting up and seeing everybody else go to bed. Uh, a couple of my, both of my boys work late nights in a restaurant. So I got up this morning and got to see them and say, Hey, how's it going? Uh, and just check in on them. Uh, it gives me a lot of energy to just connect with them on their terms during their time of the day. Uh, I've been meditating for a very long time. I have a meditation teacher and she keeps me fresh and just helps me get a center of gravity, if you will, for the day so that I have a place to start from and then jump off into. I, I don't know about you, but during the, the last year, it could have felt like Groundhog Day every day. You're just repeating. You're not going anywhere. Nothing's changing, right? <laughs> and and that, that meditation helps me get centered and start over and say, okay, today is a fresh day. I'm not going to think about yesterday. I'm not going to think about tomorrow. I'm just going to focus on what do I have on my piece of paper today? And then in the morning, when it's this quiet time, I sketch out what I want to accomplish. And I have a productivity tool, actually, that I've borrowed from Brendan Burchard, which is what are the three things that are going to move my big projects forward today? Hmm. So for my, my coaching business, uh, I always prioritize something every day to move that forward. 
today, it's being on your podcast, talking to you, reconnecting with you, reliving that RLI experience and that connection of that beautiful space that we have. For my kids, it was connecting with them when they got home from work and seeing them and their girlfriends and just catching up. Uh, for my marriage, I sit right next to my husband. So he, he and I work in the same office. We walk to Starbucks almost every day. And before we were working in an office together, uh, he would call me and say, are you ready to go on our coffee break? And I would say yes. And he would use the mobile app, order me a coffee. I would walk to my Starbucks. He would walk to his Starbucks and we would talk on the phone there and back. And that was our coffee. So it's making those, you know, intentional Mm -hmm. connections that that's fills me up and gives me passion and energy to do the other things that, you know, you have to do the necessity things that, you know, you have to do. It's finding that passion and that energy to shine the light on those and make them just as important. Mm. What was great, there's quite a few things I can pull out with everything you've just said there. So first of all, obviously, early mornings, you you know, we're in the same boat there. That early morning space is sacred. It's such a nice space to be in where you're not getting there. You know, I, I, I decided a while back about not switching my phone on when I first get up, but just so that I can be keep myself in a space of groundedness you know what what's going to build me up for the rest of the day before i switch a device on before it starts pulling my time and attention away from the things that are important to me um so you know getting up in the morning making lunch for me and my wife then um reading something and then you know spending time on the things that i want to spend time on not where other energies may pull you around you know like you like you said you may have a client that you're serving that you need to do some work on you may you know the kids may need some stuff doing but even though you're being productive in all these areas of your life the most where you can fill yourself up most so you can be the strongest for everything that comes into your day right and um you know i get that Another interesting thing you said there was about your kids now i know your 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 kids are older um but connecting with them on a level which connects with them so you know rather than being we don't need to have the dad or the mom hat on all the time sometimes we need the friend hat sometimes we need the listener hat sometimes we need the lecturer hat whatever it is that we you know whichever way we need to come but i think it's so important like you said to be adaptable to them as well in terms of how do they hear me how do i need them to hear me they don't you know sometimes i may need to say something but they're not going to hear me if I say it like that. So how can I adapt it so they can hear me? What's important for you to keep that connection, especially with your children, to not just make sure that they hear you, but also that they grow up to be beautiful people that I know they will be with your guidance? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, gosh, I felt for so long as a single mom that I had to do everything, that I had to overcompensate that. We didn't have enough money to buy them what they needed and they were both in sports and I was driving and taking them to travel football and travel baseball and then one of my kids had braces so taking him to the orthodontist once a month and there's just there's so much in the mechanics of being a mom that 
I didn't want our relationship to get washed away in transactional behavior. I wanted to create some time that we could just connect. I mean, I think a parent, being a parent is the most important job that I've ever had. And it has prepared me so much for every other job. I mean, I think people who have kids can juggle just about anything. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but my kids have been through broken bones and, you know, ambulance rides and, you know, having an accident doing snowboarding. I mean, I have two boys. They're very active. Nothing at work is ever that bad. I mean, listen, I work for a candy company. It's not, you know, heart medicine. It's a candy company, right? And and just having fun with them Mm. and building that relationship, that's the most special thing to me. There's nothing else tops that, nothing. Mm. Now, if we go back to putting you in their seat, so when you were growing up, who was the most influential person in your life and why? Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, like you, I moved around a lot. My dad was a, um, a Navy guy. And so we, I lived on a lot of beach towns and I grew up my, my most formative years when I was in grade school, all the way until uh, middle school, we lived in the Azores, this little group of islands off the coast of Portugal and Spain in between Spain and Africa. So like right in the middle of the Atlantic ocean it was a strategic air command base. So there weren't a lot of people. It wasn't super populated. And I had to learn to speak Portuguese and have friends that were local. I mean, it was it was a fascinating place. But the people that poured into my life were my best friend, Lucy, who lived across the street over her dad's motorcycle shop. Um, our gardener, his family. Um, our... There was a lady who lived with us. She was probably 19 at the time. Her name was Genoveva. And her whole family took me in. And I I just, I learned so much about how do you survive when, um, you know, a hurricane comes through and you lose all the power. And on an island, do you lose power if the wind blows strongly, right? How do you cook on a butane with open flame. They probably still have them, but they wouldn't be allowed in America for sure. Um, How do you give back to others? So if you've ever been to Portugal or Spain, they have this communal way of being, of living, of giving. Everybody thinks of you as part of their family. It's very similar to the South and the U.S., and you don't have to know someone to talk to them or to help them. And that is still the way that I am now. My mom says, I've never met a stranger. And I think that's a good thing. Probably she didn't think it was a good thing when I was a little kid. But <laughs> now, I, you know, it connects me with a lot of different people. And I hope that I've imparted that to my two boys, mm-hmm. which is one of the main reasons I wanted to raise them in Chicago. It's very global the community here and I wanted them to feel like they're a global citizen not that they're American that you know they're they only know 
homogenized Americana. I wanted them to get out and explore different cultures and different neighborhoods and have friends of the rainbow in their life because that's the beauty, the tapestry of living is discovering people who are different than you. What does Rich say? You are the average of the five people you're closest to. And if you're the most interesting person in the room, find a new room. Mm, 100%. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And what's really refreshing about that viewpoint is now we live in probably the best time that you can have access to so many different so much different information, cultures, resources, languages, you know, anything we want to learn is available at a touch of fingerprints, whether we choose to, that's our choice now. Uh, we, you know, as our parents grew up, there weren't those choices and there weren't, wasn't that influence. It's just who you knew locally. Even when we grew up, you know, it was just the people around us, wasn't it? It was the school, your family and your neighborhood. They were, that was your influence. And if you never traveled, like when my parents, when we were growing up, we never traveled so much because my dad was always working, maybe he had his own business and, and it was expensive considering, you know, how much income we had and when you're supporting so many people. So we did local trips like um, around the UK and maybe do a trip to India and maybe a trip to Europe, but they were, you know, rare. My daughter started her trips from two years old, you know, from, we went to Disneyland Paris, you know, for, for one of our streets. And since then, you know, South Africa, um, um, uh, um, uh, New Zealand, as uh, uh, Zambia, you know, there's loads of places we've been to that I would have only, you know, she's 15. She's probably been to more places than I have in my whole life, you know, up to 15. I went to one place when I was, by the time I was 15. So it's, 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 it's so brilliant that that is available now, but it's how we choose to accept that, isn't it? It's, it's how we choose to either embrace it or deflect it and say, actually, I don't want to be a part of that. Um, unfortunately, now, you know, we get both sides of the rhetoric, you know, the, the, the side that says I am open to anything. And I, I know there's some joy and some blessing through that. And there's other that says, I know what I know. I don't want to know anything else. And I'm, I'm fixed in that mindset, you know, the growth and the fixed mindset, right? Now, for your, you know, you work in corporate, so you work within your candy branch, and then you work with people individually as a coach um within corporates you've got obviously a lot of politics and and things that happen within that obviously depending on the size of organization but when you're working one-to-one you work with individuals as you know the, the the person individually right for you as a person where do you think your strength is professionally so that you can manage both you know, both types of organizations, individuals and com- companies that going into the world that helps you become, be a more all-rounded person, you know, in life as well. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I, hmm. you're right. There's a lot of politics in, in the world of corporate for sure. And that's right. just just to interject here. This is the reason that I worked for six months in corporate. When I finished my master's, I went to London and I worked for six months. And it was the, everything I loved about the job in terms of the people, the position, the, what I did, etc. 
but I hated the politics. You know, it's about it was about who you knew, not what you knew. It's about how you got on with someone as opposed to how hard you worked. It's about where you went on a Friday night with the people as opposed to actually I want to read a book and I want to stay in, you know. So that was the thing I was like, okay, when I set my own business up, so I have six months in, I said, that's it. I'm just going to set my own business up because I want the ethos of working hard and being compensated for that hard work as opposed to just talking to the right people because you know that's the two people to talk to so sorry to interject there but i just had to fill that one in you're so right about that bavik um yeah there's a lot of politics but there's also a lot of joy in helping people find their high performance cord and i believe everybody has it right i work with some of the most brilliant people that I've ever worked with in my life. And I am surrounded by so much brain power and energy. Sometimes I think my special gift is just connecting people and saying, hey, this person over here is also working on what you're working on in a different lens. If you guys connected, you would rule this class, right? And I love doing that. I'm a huge super connector. I think that's really fun for me. It's like a, a match game. Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 all yeah. The things and you would turn them over and try to remember where you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so fun for me. So I think of it as a game. Uh, and, and then taking that group mindset and doing something with that. One of the things that I did at work was I built a, a, a marketing portal, which connected our brands globally for the first time ever. I don't know why it hadn't been done before, but harnessing everybody's ideas, building something, and then delivering back to them what they wanted, it was super fun doing that, right? And it took a lot of different inputs to do that. When I take that model, and then I go to my one-on-one -on -one coaching, I use that lens all the different things that I've learned, right? And then I connect better one-on-one -on -one with the person that I'm coaching. And many times my clients will find themselves in, in a political, um, stuckness, right? Like they can't quite find a way out of the relationships that they've surrounded themselves with. And many times it's extending an olive branch to the other person. It's listening to the other person, not so that you can respond, but so that they can be heard. And the, the two things that I find are, are the most powerful catapults out of that are seeking to understand the other person's viewpoints, right? Having empathy for that. And then finding a way of telling them where you're at and mm -hmm. having that courage. Many times people don't want to do that second part. They'll go in and say, tell me why this isn't working and what I can do better. And then leave it at that. It's going that extra step and saying, okay, I heard you. Here's what I'm going to start doing. And I would love it if you would consider doing this, right? And so now you're making it this 
co-created experience where you both have skin in the game, if it's just one-sided, you, you, you aren't really able to move that needle. You're just digging a deeper hole. So that's mm. how I use the external experience that I get with, with everyone that I work with and, and bring that experience to my individual clients. Mm. Now, you mentioned at the start when you introduced yourself that you, like I said, you work at Candy Candy um, Company and then you set up a side hustle was coaching. What was the energy and the thinking behind that in terms of, actually, I'm a mom, I've got a job and I'm working and that's enough. Where did the thought process come in to set up coaching and... Uh, will there be at any stage that you can see right now that that becomes your main hustle? Ooh, good questions. Uh, I mean, where did it come? I, I guess I've always worked a few jobs. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I have so many interests, you know, like you, I'm always reading yeah. and, I'm <laughs> more and I want to connect more and I want to do more. And even when I was a single mom and I worked uh, full time. I had a side hustle teaching women um, paper crafting. So if I have anything here, you know, like card making or scrapbooking or um, how to make gifts for other people. Yeah, I don't have anything here, but it, it wasn't really teaching them the paper crafting was teaching them that they could do something that they had value that they had they could have confidence uh, that they could make something and see that immediate gratification that was the part that I really loved about doing that and I did that for 12 years mm -hmm. and I taught hundreds and hundreds of women uh, and the company that I uh, sold supplies for, if you will, I earned five cruises doing that. So I sold a lot of paper crafting supplies and, and it was very rewarding. But what I realized at that, at the very end, I had been divorced for a few years and I wanted to start dating again and I needed some space in my life to have a relationship so at that time, I closed that business. I uh, started dating. I hired a dating coach. I went online, and five years later, now I'm married. But during that time, I knew when I was dating, I wanted to meet someone who was as into personal development as I was. It's super important to me, and I wanted to share that. And, and we started going to Brendan Burchard conferences. We started reading books. We started um, finding out other coaches and what their businesses were like. We both got certified as coaches through Radiant ICF Holistic Coaching. I got certified through Brendan Burchard's High Performance Coaching. And the more I coached, the more I realized, oh, this is so fun. I love doing this. Not because I'm doing anything, but because I'm seeing these transformations after transformations after people changing their whole quality of life. Women who 
maybe we're in relationships that were holding them back or as my mom would call it just having sandbags on it and cutting those strings and letting them fly and rise up exciting to see that will I ever make it my full-time business I mean I love my day job so much right now I see myself there easily another 10 years but I think I could do both I think there's a lot of passion for what I'm doing right now at work and I think I can have my coaching business as well Maybe when I retire from the corporate world, I'll see myself full-time coaching. But my kids now are in their 20s. They don't need me driving them around anymore. There's Uber, right? They have their own vehicles. They have their own driver's license. So I have more time. And my, my husband's also a coach. So we love that part because that's the part that gives back to us. Mm. Corporate world can be very draining, right? The coaching business fills me up. I like that. It's exciting. Mm. I was going to say that because you, you, I was asking, going to say about children and, and as they grow up and as they get older, they don't need you as much because they build their own lives, don't they? They start doing their own things and they have more freedom and more flexibility and also um, transportation, right? And I, I was talking to my daughter, that my daughter's 15, and I said, I can't wait for you to get a driving license because then you can start driving me places because because <laughs> that's what now now for me I have no enjoyment from driving at all you know like when we go places and you're going for two three hour drives and I'm like I have no interest in this at all I do and it's funny because whenever we go somewhere me and my wife we have this agreement that who drives one way the other person drives the other way so you know if we're going together we, we share that and I said I cannot wait till one of these like my daughter my son they start driving and they'll be okay so i just get my book out and i can just read yeah <laughs> i just said whichever comes first the driverless car or my daughter that's what i'm going with <laughs> <laughs> so yeah 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 that the i you know the flexibility there and, and this is you know just before we picked up on this podcast i said for me right now um i didn't want to repeat something that my dad went through in terms of his business you know because he worked a lot and i didn't know him personally for a long time until over 20 years old because he just had to do what he had to do first generation in his country he had to graft he had to you know build a life for us and 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 himself and I get it. You know, there's no re resentment. There's no, I know there probably is some, something subconscious, which, which plays out now and then, but nothing overt where I feel like, oh, you didn't spend any time with me or you didn't, you know, see us growing up, etc. But that life that he like gave us, gave me the choices I've had in my life. You know, we've had such a blessing of a life, you know, it still continues to be such a blessing. And if I can't use that energy to then, spend more time with my 10 year old and my 15 year old more my 10 year old because he's in that space where he still really likes spending time with us i know that changes <laughs> but he really likes spending time with us um and i really want to just you know for the, at least for the next two or three years just really use that space of shaping 
our relationship so that as he you know as he ventures out he'll know that his dad spent some time with him and 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 and, and he can grow and he can think about those things you know and it feels nice to me that i can make that choice i have that choice you know my dad probably didn't have that choice i do and i don't want to lose that so me trying trying to be productive and doing lots of things doesn't really serve me anymore i think what will serve me is just being present just being there when they need me and if that means that we go and play football in the garden we go for a walk it or or i share his love of youtube and he showed me these youtubers <laughs> that's, you know that's what i want to do because i i there's so much pleasure i get from it even though for him it's probably nice to spend time with his dad there's so much i get from it to just let go of everything which can you know can anchor us down you know things happen at work things happen outside there's you know whatever it is but it's nice to be in a space of a 10 year old that doesn't think in that way that just wants to play or just wants to explain why the horse sitting under the donkey is so funny that you know <laughs> it's those videos you know so yeah i i'm glad that you i can see that now that it's i can still draw that in right now into my life so i I just wanted to share um obviously that with you now yeah as a, as a mom that's a you know being a single mom before you met your you know your husband now in that space when you were going through that you know time what do you think was the most difficult thing for you trying to juggle everything in terms of being a mom and being working and those things and and not feeling like you had enough to give is that that balance of guilt and resentment isn't it is that guilt of trying to move forward but resentment if you don't do these other things and it's that fine line isn't it how what do you what was your experience like during that time and how can you draw upon that now to feel so much more blessing with it you know the life you have now oh my gosh well first of all every single day i write about all the things i'm grateful for Mm. every single day it is uh i mean i think about my life when we moved into our first apartment and i took the boys and all we had were their clothes and two twin beds and a blow-up bed that was it and all my girlfriends came and brought me furniture and filled my house with all the things I needed. It was, I was just so grateful. Even then I was grateful to have the freedom to raise them the way I wanted to raise them, to um, have a, a, a clear energetic space that they could grow up in and be happy in. But yeah, you're right. There were there were a lot of tough times where I was torn between, you know, I have to go to work and one of the kids is sick and they can't go to school. And there was no work from home then. It was, no, we had to use a sick day or you had to play with somebody to cover your yeah. stuff. Um, there were there were a lot of times where. I couldn't figure out how am I going to get my son to his orthodontist appointment. I'll have to leave work, go home, go to school, pick him up, drive him to the orthodontist appointment, drive him home, come back to work. I mean, with Uber 
and delivery now, making having being a single mom that just has changed the the face of being a single mom. It's just amazing. I can't tell you how many times I said, "Just take an Uber. I'll meet you at the orthodontist." Because it was saved me so much time. So I would say, use the tools that are available to yeah. you. Uh, and then, you know, the guilt part, here's an interesting thing about the guilt, where I felt it was, I was torn between what I wanted to do as a woman, as someone who wanted to contribute at work, as someone who wanted to date, as someone who wanted to further my career enrich myself learn new skill sets and I have to I have to mother these kids I have to be there for them I have to pick up after them I have to take them places I have to cook for them um, just all the details that come with being a parent rested on my shoulders there was no help my family lives a 12-hour drive for me it was just me doing all of this and there was some resentment there right I had my own goals my own dreams the, the things I wanted to do and there were days where I just thought oh, these kids are holding me back you know? yeah, yeah 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 yes and and I look back on that now and it definitely has, there's a muscle, there's this strength, this inner strength that I have now that I can zero in on pretty quickly. What's the most important thing that mm. we need to get done, mm. right? Mm. And if there's a lot of chatter or politics or people not getting along, you know, that's, you guys, we don't have mm. time for that. Come on. Mm. This is life is too short. Let's have fun. Let's figure out a way to get this done so we can move on to do the things we really want to get done. Mm, yes. And and you think about the stress on, on yourself that you put on yourself when you have a deadline or you have a big project that you're trying to deliver. Nothing is as stressful as your son breaking his arm, getting in the back of an ambulance. They cut off his his coat and feathers go flying everywhere. I mean, nothing is as stressful as that. Right? I mean, it's work. Yeah, yeah. So that those experiences prepared me for staying cool and calm under pressure in just about any situation. Mm, yes. Reality check, right? Anchors you down to what's important at that time, correct? Absolutely. Mm. Right. Now, there's a couple more questions I'd like to ask you, Marilyn. So we get an idea of your thinking it's a little bit deeper about you as a person. Okay. Now, we're going to fast forward 100 years into the future where we're reaching the last moments of your life. Now, you don't have enough energy to speak, but you have enough energy to write down three words. Now, these three words have resonated all with you all your life. They've helped you. And by sharing those three words, you hope, you hope they'll help the people listening today. What are those three words for you and why? I would say connect with others. Uh, I, like I said, at the top of the show, my dad was a Navy guy, which makes me a Navy brat. 
I was also adopted and I'm an only child. And on the scale of um, the the Myers-Briggs, if you will, I'm right on the borderline of an extrovert and an introvert. So I I get my energy from both. I love talking to people one-on-one. I love talking to people in a crowd. Uh, I love to be at home and read. But what I have found is when I look back over all the experiences of my life, they're with other people. And if I can get in my own head, which is easy to do, I have a very specific way that I think about things. I see things in uh, solar systems, right? And, and the interconnectedness of all the planets. That's, that's how my brain thinks. I don't see things as sequential or dominoes. I, I, my brain doesn't work like that. And because of that, when I connect with other people, I try to take the very best from every single person that I meet and then reflect that back to them and to everybody else after that. Mm. And that has been the biggest blessing of my life. Mm. Yeah, and I can I can tell by the way you express how you feel and you see that this me you know this seeks deeply with you. And you know, uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, this podcast is called Bigger Than the Hustle, and right now you're bigger than the world. So I've got you a microphone that's connected up to seven point five eight billion people on this planet. It, they can all hear you. They're all conscious. They're all awake. There's no language barrier and they can all hear what you're saying. If you could share a message for the next 30 seconds, what would your message be to the world? Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself first. Really prioritize your health. Really prioritize your mind. And once you've done that, prioritize the most important people in your life. Spend quality time with them. Pour your love into them with whatever love language they need from you. If that is gifts of words or things that they love, presents or spending time, whatever their love language is, find out what it is and connect with them on that. And, and don't, don't take your life so seriously. Have fun every single day and, and make it a party, make it exciting. Make it so that if you're in a relationship with someone, they want to be in the relationship as much as you do. Be the person that you would want to be in a relationship with. And and use that as your mantra. Would I want to be in a relationship with me? Am I fun? I mean, I think I'm funny, but does my partner think I'm funny, right? So have those those lenses, both both internal and external. And it's so important that. So thank you for sharing that. I, I, you know, when you said about not taking things so seriously, I think for a lot of my life, I think I've taken myself too seriously and I'm just trying to let go of that and just, just, you know, where you, where you feel it's so important what you get saying when you realize that actually it's not accepted in the way because your kids will tell you no, that just you're being a dad now, just be quiet. And I think that's the best grounding that I can have at any time, to be honest. So, you 
you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have them in my life. But at this juncture, Marilyn, I'd really like to thank you. Thank you for coming on and being a guest today, obviously. Um, thank you for the way you share in the world. I'm so glad the universe put us together in our group and the way we've connected and how we've continued on our journey. I know I can reach out to you anytime for any help and support I need. So thank you for being the person you are. Thank you for being authentic. Thank you for just sharing. And, and you know, I feel the love and your energy coming through the screen, even though we are, you know, continents apart, we are, we're, we're, we're close. And I, I always believe in the symbiotic system of humanity. You know, we are closer than we think, um, you know, even though we're physically far, we are still connected really close. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So for sharing my journey, thank you for being in my life as well. Um, just before we go, Marilyn, is there anything else you'd like to say? I just, I, I'm so grateful that we met Bavik. When I first saw you come on our group in RLI and you were kind of new on your journey. And the, the thing that I loved about you so much was what a connector you are and how you reached out and how you were vulnerable and how you made everybody else just feel at home with who they were and accepted that's such a gift i don't know if you give yourself enough credit because it just comes so natural for you right but it's a gift trust mm -hmm. me on that thank you for having me today i really appreciate the time no it's all thank you so much Marilyn. you you are a sister to me so thank you thank you so much now, um, this had podcast, podcast is Bigger Than The Hustle. I'm Bhavik Patel, I'm your host. And a few thoughts to leave you with before we go. Big energy leads to big thoughts. Big thoughts lead to big ideas. Big ideas lead to big actions and big actions lead to a big life. So keep thinking big. Until next week, goodbye.